chicken nuggies. In our last story, Jacob taught his people about some of Isaiah's writings. He said that he quoted Isaiah because he wanted the Nephites to learn about the covenants that Heavenly Father had made with their ancestors and would make with them if they were righteous. You see, prophets throughout all time have tried to teach the Jews and their own people about the covenants that the Lord wants to make with his people and tries to, tried to teach them that the Lord is trying to gather them into his church. These truths made Jacob feel so happy and he wanted his people to rejoice with him. So he taught them some truths that he thought would help them rejoice. You see, a lot of the Nephites had been searching the brass plates for prophecies about what was going to happen to them in the future. They knew that their bodies would die someday, but Jacob taught them that after they died, they would see God again with their own physical resurrected eyes. He said, Someday our great creator and Lord is going to come to earth to live with the Jews. And as you know, he's going to let them kill him. He's going to die for all of God's children so that he will have power to redeem them and resurrect them. Now, I want to know if those of you who are listening to me understand what it means to be resurrected. When we die, our bodies stop working here on earth and our spirits go back up to heaven. To be resurrected means to have your body and your spirit reunited again and you will never die again. Jacob explained that everyone dies because Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Remember, when they were still in the garden, their bodies could never die. So because they were kicked out, they and all their children and posterity could die. Now, you might think that dying doesn't sound like such a great thing, but just think about it. If they never died, then they, their spirits would be stuck in their bodies on earth forever and ever, continually growing old and being stuck here in mortality. So being able to physically die is a sort of blessing in a way because it separates your spirit from your body so that your spirit can return back to heaven and wait to be resurrected to a perfect body that can never die again. And this all happens because of Jesus' infinite atonement. Do you know what the phrase infinite atonement means? Well, infinite means something that lasts forever and ever and has no bounds or restrictions. And an atonement is a type of payment made for sins. So Jesus' infinite atonement was his death. The laws of heaven and justice require that a perfect person should die for sinners if they want to live in heaven again. And that is exactly what Jesus made possible for us. Our prophet today, President Russell M. Nelson, taught us that Jesus' atonement was infinite because, number one, his atoning power has no end and lasts forever and ever. Number two... Jesus' atonement would save all of God's children from never-ending spiritual and physical death. Number three, Jesus' atonement means that he knows what it feels like to suffer infinitely or forever. Number four, his atonement ended animal sacrifices forever. Number five, 
it is infinite because it only had to be done once and never again. And number six, Jesus' atoning power is infinite because it is available to all of God's children now and forever, both on this earth and all the other worlds that he has created. Oh boy, that's a lot of reasons why Jesus' atonement was infinite, don't you think? President Nelson also said that no human can fully measure the effects of Christ's atonement or even understand completely all that it means. I think it's incredible. And as I get older and older, I'm able to understand just a little bit more about Jesus' atonement as I come to learn just a little bit more about him each year. And I'm excited to someday, hopefully, fully understand all that I can about Jesus' atonement. Well, let's get back to Jacob. He taught the Nephites that Jesus' atonement needed to be infinite or else he couldn't help us be resurrected. If we couldn't be resurrected, then we would be stuck being dead forever, just like we talked about before. And if we were stuck being dead forever, then our spirits couldn't live with Heavenly Father in his kingdom. We would be trapped forever outside of heaven and would have to live with Satan. And Jacob taught us that our spirits would eventually become like him. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not want to become like Satan, the father of lies. No, thank you. So isn't it so wonderful that Heavenly Father planned a way for us to help us escape from being trapped by the awful monsters of death and hell? Because of Jesus Christ, instead of death and hell, we can enjoy eternal life in heaven. Now, Jacob referred to the deaths of our spirits and our bodies as death and hell. He said, Because of Jesus' resurrection, at some point in the future, all the graves of the earth will be opened and all the spirits that have been stuck in hell because of their spiritual death will be reunited with their bodies to be resurrected. And on the other hand, all the spirits who went to heaven after they died will be reunited with their bodies to be resurrected too. Once everyone is resurrected, no one will be able to die again, and everyone will have a perfect knowledge of everything they have done while living on the earth. Those who are wicked on the earth will be able to remember perfectly their guilt and dirtiness and disgustingness, and they will feel naked before God. I would not like that. On the other hand, those who were righteous on the earth will be able to perfectly remember their joy and righteousness, and they will be covered with purity and beauty so that they won't feel naked before God. And at some point, each and every one of God's children will be judged by Jesus and those who are responsible for judging them. And everyone who was righteous on earth will stay righteous, and those who are wicked will stay wicked. And the wicked ones will be sent with Satan into an everlasting fire. And Jacob says that their torment and pain will feel like they are stuck in a lake of fire and brimstone, which is another name for volcanic rock. That is how painful their punishment for being wicked will be. But the righteous saints, those who believe in Jesus and endured the hard challenges in life without giving up their faith in him, 
and those who were made fun of for their belief in him will one day inherit God's kingdom and they will have perfect joy forever. Now, that sounds more like the eternal life I would want to have. Jacob expressed lots of gratitude to Christ for saving his saints from the awful punishments of the wicked. He said things like, Oh, the greatness of the mercy of our God. And, oh, the great holiness of our God. For he knows everything, and there is nothing he does not understand. To me, it sounds like he's using words that might be sung in a hymn that praises God. Maybe you and your family can share with each other the types of hymns that you love to listen to when you want to express gratitude for all that God has done for you. Now, Jacob taught the Nephites that Jesus would come to the earth to save everyone who chose to listen to him. He taught that Jesus would suffer the pains of all of God's children, mine and yours included. Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, have faith in him, and be baptized. And if someone chooses not to do these things, then unfortunately, they cannot be saved in heaven. They would be damned or stuck according to the laws of heaven and the laws of justice. Now, you might be thinking, wait, what about everyone living on earth who doesn't know anything about Jesus? What about those who don't know anything about God's commandments? Will they be damned forever too if they live sinfully? That doesn't seem very fair. And to that I say, you're right. That isn't fair at all, but thankfully, God is a God of fairness and justice. You see, Jesus' infinite atoning power can save those who lived on the earth without knowing anything about God's laws or anything about Jesus if they choose to be saved. Isn't that wonderful? But those of us who do know about Jesus must be careful and wary that we do not break God's commandments and laws since we have had the chance to learn about them and will surely be punished if we break them. Satan will try with all his might to get us to break God's commandments and he is very sneaky. He often tempts us to think after learning about a few things that we are wiser than God. So wise, in fact, that we don't need to listen to God's words or counsels. But doesn't that seem so foolish? It is foolish. And those who think that they know better than God will eventually perish. It's best to keep learning and listening to God at the same time. Jacob gave the Nephites a list of sins they should be careful of. And we should learn from this list, too. He said, Misery will come to those who are rich and have a lot of money if they despise poor people and bully those who are meek and humble. If their hearts love their treasures and money, then it's like their money is their God. But we know that money eventually perishes, and God never does. Misery will come to those who choose to be deaf to God's words. Misery will come to those who choose to be blind to God's influence in the world. Misery will come to those whose hearts are uncircumcised, which means those who make covenants with God but don't keep them in their hearts. Misery will come to those who choose to lie, and they will be thrust down to hell. 
Misery will come to those who viciously choose to murder another person. Misery will come to those who think about and touch others in ways that are only meant for a man and wife who are married. Misery will also come to those who worship idols instead of God. Doing this makes Satan so, so happy. Misery will also come to anyone who dies without repenting of their sins first. For after they die, they'll get up to heaven and realize that they're still dirty and wicked. You see, many people believe that they can live however they want while on the earth. But after they die, they will automatically be cleansed from their sins and get to live with God forever. Kind of silly to think about, but unfortunately, it's what many people on earth today believe. Jacob asked the Nephites to remember all that he had taught them and said, Please don't say that I have been mean to you for telling you these things. If you have that attitude about my teachings, then you are fighting against the truth. You're fighting against the words of the God who made you. I know that truth feels mean to those who are wicked, but righteous people don't fear the truth at all. In fact, those who are righteous love the truth. Please come to Jesus. The pathway that leads to him is narrow, but it is straight. Imagine him standing at the gate to heaven. And to get into heaven, you have to accept that he is your redeemer. And the gate you must pass through represents the covenants that you make and keep with God. If you make and keep covenants, it's like you're knocking on the door to heaven and Jesus will let you in. But remember... Those who think they know better than God and those who love their riches more than God will be turned away from that gate into heaven unless they feel sorry for their sins and repent. They won't be able to feel the joy that the saints feel unless they repent. Oh, my fellow Nephites, please remember my words. Turn away from your sins and shake off the chains of sin that Satan is trying to wrap around you to trap you in hell. Come to God and prepare your souls for the day that you will be judged. Try to be righteous so that you won't shrink with fear when you're judged because of all the awful things you did here on earth. If you were righteous, I wouldn't have to remind you of these consequences for sin. Ugh, my soul abhors sin, and my heart delights in righteousness, and I will praise God's holy name forever. Come, my brothers and sisters, and everyone else whose souls feel thirsty for light and truth. Come to the waters that God offers us. It's free. If you don't have money, don't worry. God offers us his wine and milk or his truth and light and joy and peace and we don't need any money to buy it. Don't waste your money on things that you think will bring you the happiness that only the Savior can bring. His happiness will never perish or be corrupted. So come to him and feast on his teachings and let your soul delight in being full and fat. Something that will help your soul feel full is praying to God continually and thanking him for all your blessings. Try it out and see how your soul feels. Now, for those who are listening, I want to know if you have ever had a time that your soul feels thirsty for light and truth. Have you ever felt sad and wanted to feel joy? Have you ever felt angry and wanted to feel peace? Have you ever felt confused and you wanted to feel calm in your mind? Well, 
These are all signs that you are thirsty, that your soul is thirsty and wants to come to the Savior because the Savior can offer us joy and peace and happiness and calmness of mind. Well, Jacob then said to the Nephites, God's covenants are so great and his condescension is so great. And because of his greatness and his grace and his mercy, he has promised that our posterity will never be completely destroyed from the earth. He will save them from from all dying off so that in the future they can become righteous again as they make covenants with him. Then Jacob said, All right, everyone, that's the end of my teachings for today. Let's all go home and get some rest, and I'll keep teaching you tomorrow. And, my little chickadees, I'm going to take a break with Jacob, and we'll wait to tell you more about his teachings next time. So, until then, I hope you have a fabulous day. Goodbye!